I'm in your egg and everywhere like glitter With diamonds in my veins, glitter All I want is to hear from you like glitter Some girls were made to shine Hello and welcome back to all of you to the Jewels from NZ, the glitter episodes. So New Zealand is officially on lockdown for approximately four weeks. And the stress of that made me want to run a bath. And while I'm here, it's time to meet that challenge that Loco Lotus laid down. Podcast from the bath, March. Hey Jules, nice job with Glitter episode one. I think it's a great idea to put your calls all together and and do something special with them. It's worked for me. I hope it works out well for you. And anybody else who's kind of wondering, they've they've got quite a lot of call-ins and don't know what to do with them, I think it works fine. Haven't got a problem with it. It allows people that are maybe not so much into call-ins to skip those episodes or vice versa, the people that like listening to the kind of the anchor style call-ins, they can just zero in on those. So, yep, there's pros and cons, but I support the decision. And awesome news, you've got a campaign up and running. Sounds like you're really enjoying it, and I wish you all the best. Keep us posted. Take care, and I'll catch you later. So... Colin of the Awesome Spike Pit starting us off there with some positivity about the glitter concept. Thanks for the support, dude. And actually, the campaign hasn't had another session since the infamous character death. Uh, One is scheduled for a few days. We've just organised going online. Nothing will stop the fun. But uh, yeah, it hasn't had one yet. And that's mainly because one of our players is actually one of the phone operators for like the emergency lines and stuff. And so organising a game with her can be hard at the best of times and obviously she's pretty tired at the moment so um she's still gonna play because you know for her mental health stuff and getting outside of her life is really important so we're still really looking forward to getting online and playing that game so i look forward to being able to tell you all about how it goes soon speaking of fun here's jason from nerds rpg podcast Hey Jules, Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Con about your episode one of Glitter, Love and Death. I thought your theme song was perfectly fine. No issue there at all. No reason to re-record it unless you really want to. So if you go back to episode 19 of my podcast, 19, and listen to the intro song and then the answer machine song, you have two chances to hear my very unmelodious voice as I try to sing. Bonus points if you find, if you know where both those come from, because they're both just, you know, something else. But anyway, I figured I'd throw that out to you. As far as, I never take pleasure in killing characters. Um, Joe Richter had a good death in our cyberpunk game, where he was uh, basically a, a swordsman. And, whoops, I'm going to go over a minute. Anyway, Joe is a super, is a super swordsman, right? And he's running through this underground complex, and he runs up against his female swordsman, basically, you know, like the female version of him. And he's like, you want a sword fight? Let's sword fight. Or, or he says something. No, what did he say? 
he said, sword fight me. Or he said something. I don't know what he said. I think he said, sword fight me. But anyway, she, um, just because the way the dice rolled, she, she friggin' one shot at him. She, you know, she, you know, cut his head off or, or whatever. I forget how we described it, but yeah, she basically one shot at him right there. And, um, yeah, it was near the end of the adventure, you know, and, and in, in that game, characters actually, their consciousnesses are, are, are in chips so they can kind of get moved to other bodies. So, but yeah, it was a good death. And, and he even said it like he was super happy with the death because, you know, he got to go out in a sword fight and it was like, say, the end of the adventure. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty epic. Thanks for the song, love. You know, thanks for that. Aww, nobody else has talked about my song yet. And uh, so I don't know if it's shared or not. <laughs> and episode 19 of your podcast, believe it or not, I enjoyed that immensely. <laughs> so good. So good. Never stop. Do it again. Um, I loved hearing about how Joey died. That isn't actually a story I'd heard before, so I laughed pretty hard. Um, but going out on a good death is definitely the best, you know? Uh, going up next... Not on a good death, but on some messages is John Allen Large from Red Dice Diaries. Hey Jules, it's John here from the Red Dice Diaries. Just been listening to your episode where you're talking about the recent character death in your D&D campaign. And I think you make a very important point. It's not a case of can the GM sort of find a way to avoid uh, character death because of course they can like you say the, the GM can pretty much do what they want within a game it's more a case of should you find a way to sort of get them out of a, a, a sort of death situation and to be honest I mean fifth edition which I'm quite enjoying at the minute I'm running a little bit it actually makes it pretty difficult to die as a character anyway I mean you've got your three death saves a lot of classes have some healing and stuff like that whereas in some other games it's a lot easier for characters to die and whether you prefer things on that sort of slightly less lethal end of the scale or whether you prefer the slightly more lethal end of the scale is down to personal preference I mean I personally prefer the slightly more lethal end of the scale but I think as you rightly say sort of removing character death isn't really an option because I think if you do that along with removing character death you also remove any sense of achievement when it comes to actually succeeding on quests I mean what are people going to talk about more a quest where they pretty much strolled through it and they were never really in any danger because they knew the GM wasn't going to let their characters die or a quest that's hard fought, possibly with a few comrades lost along the way, and dramatic storylines from that ensuing. Yeah, I'm glad you picked up on the should factor, and that it is important to build deeper connection to the game. You know, it's a good point about personal preference and memories you're left with afterwards. I do remember the big moments much more than that time I just kind of succeeded. Um, and also, I can't help but be pleased and giggle whenever I hear, and that's my tuppence. So, never stop doing that. <laughs> um, next up is Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Gridley Peaks. The Gridley? Gridley. The Gridley Peaks, apparently. Hey, Jules. It's Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. I'm just driving down from the Grizzly Peaks. Um, so, I must make sure I don't crash or hit any turkeys. Um, Wild turkeys. 
So, um, yeah, I, it's been, I've, I've taken it way too long to reply to your wonderful messages and um, um, they're definitely going to be going in an episode soon. But given that you've been talking a lot about me without me knowing, like behind my back and all, no, I'm joking. Um, uh, there's a there's a few things I wanted to talk about. So, firstly, thank you so much for liking my theme music. Well, you know, I, I feel like proud of it, even though I had nothing to do with it beyond just giving TJ a few little tips. But um, it does. I I love it as well. You know, I love it very much, and I, I'm glad other people like it as well. It's uh, it means a lot to me. But but here's the weird thing. Uh, until about two days ago, I didn't actually realise what what he'd done with those two tracks. And it's because I'm stupid, and I'm not very good at, one, hearing lyrics, or two, understanding them. I don't know why. It's like some piece of my brain that's missing, I think. But if you listen carefully, the the first song is about me generously inviting a bunch of millennials up up to my place to play D&D. And the second um, version, the outro version, if you listen very carefully, turns out I'm a serial killer. Uh, killing them and burying them in the woods. How lovely that is. And honestly, I had no idea that's what the lyrics were until two days ago. My God. Anyway... Um, that aside, 5e, yes, I love that you love the game. I love the game. I, I talked about how much I love the game, and I still do love the game. I ran it just um, two weeks, two weekends ago at Dundracon convention, and I had a wonderful time. Um, I think it's a great game, um, and it is D&D. It's D&D. For me, it's D&D. Um, I think you're in for an absolutely amazing experience. Running a one-shot is wonderful, but running a long-lasting campaign of D&D, or of anything really, is, is just a completely different um, order of experience. Um, you'll bond with these people. And I don't know whether you have a regular group, and you probably do, I don't know, but when you have a regular group and you play a campaign, that's a connection you can't find anywhere else. So since coming back to the hobby in 2015, that's, that's, well, probably just about five years, I've run a six-month campaign. I then played in a year, I think. Yeah, it was about a year at Curse of Strahd. I was a player for the first time in, in well, ever, really. Um, and then I ran a two-year campaign, all of D&D, and um, those were incredible experiences in, in in so many ways there's so much to talk about there but one thing i just want to tell you you you're on a total high now do not get disheartened when you have a shitty session and you will have a shitty session and you will wonder what the hell happened there and you won't understand it and you'll feel very depressed but don't worry it happens even the best campaigns it happens so Grizzly Peaks. Um, in the Grizzly Peaks is wild turkeys a real risk? That's crazy. <laughs> so I'm so sorry I've been talking about you behind your back. Uh, but I loved that I helped you discover your own lyrics in more depth. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, I knew that. That's why I love it so much. I'm just like fucking dying over here that you didn't know that. Anyway, I love, I'm glad you love 
the game of D&D 5e as much as I do. I'm very excited to be running this campaign and yes, these people have become very precious to me. Even in like a goddamn pandemic, I found myself reaching out to these people I didn't know until a few months ago. They were all complete strangers that found me online and apparently I was DMing games and would they DM for them and actually not even together as a group there's a couple and another couple and an individual and another individual and they all found me all independent of each other and that's who's put together in this group so um even though they are complete strangers making sure that they are okay is really important to me and finding ways for us to keep each other's spirits up it's very cute you know i don't know how long it will last I am realistic after playing in many campaigns that have fallen over over the years, but I hope it lasts a while yet. So thanks for the advice and thanks for the support. Next up is Barry from Shadow of the DM. GM. DM. Shit, I need to look that up. God damn it, I promised I wouldn't do a Joey. Hi Jules, it's Barry here from Shadow of the GM Podcast. Just phoning up to say, give you some sympathy, I guess, from and a virtual hug for uh, killing one of your player characters. Um, it has to be said that when I moved down to England, um, I was back in my 3.5 days and I was trying to establish a new group and it was my girlfriend at the Times friends who were there and there was a guy there who actually I was getting on really well with and he basically opened a sarcophagus. He played a barbarian, he opened a sarcophagus, creature came out, he did the typical barbarian thing of trying to take it on one-on-one and it pretty much one-shot killed him through a critical hit because we were only out in the open then and I felt really bad. It has to be said to, to sort of like let him die. It was as the rules are written, etc. And it's kind of difficult to backtrack when you're rolling in the open. And you can't make an excuse. But I mean, he was all right with it in the end, as bad as I felt. And to be fair, it did kind of set the tone. It left that fear of death. He didn't kill any other characters in the campaign, but everyone was aware that the characters might die. So in the end, I think it was a good thing. Anyway, just put a share so you know you're not alone in these things. Bye. Thanks for the virtual hug. I needed that. I agree. Sometimes it can be a good thing, as weird as that is to say, but it does indeed set the tone for how you intend to go on, and that is very important. Yes, I just splashed my own face. Anyway, here is Josh Beckelheimer from JB Publishing. Hey, Josh Beckelheimer here. So I just want to call and say that I love your recap of your um, fifth edition game, especially since I guess it's your first time doing a campaign. That's awesome. So I, I hope we get to hear more from this. And another reason why I like your recap is the whole complaint that everyone says it's too hard to die in fifth edition. And there you go. A level two character died almost immediately. Now, I understand, though, that it will become harder to die in 5th edition as you level up and you gain more spells and the appropriate spells and then, you know, resurrecting people. But, uh, again, though, I think it's... You have a character death, and it shows that character death is going to happen early on, and you got to get, you know, get through it to become the hero that you need to be when you hit, like, a level level 5 or level 6 where that doesn't whoops I got cut off well what I was saying is you know when you get to those certain levels where death isn't as scary I mean it can be I mean it can be if you know your only healer does go down then that's when it gets bad but if you if your healer's still up typically you're good to go now and when you get to like level five level six because you either have some kind of spell or something that's just going to be able to revive someone or just bring someone up pretty easily 
But again, you got to get up there. You got to get to that point and you can die. Aw, thanks for enjoying my recap. And yep, I think I proved it's easy enough to die in 5e. <laughs> you can die at higher levels easily enough too if you make bad decisions. So yes, I like your point about it teaching you about who as a hero you need to be to make it through. That's real, you know. My podcast doesn't really have a healer. I guess I'm the healer as a bard with cure wounds, but it's not like my primary task. I'm a college of glamour bard and it's my job to charm and lie our way around, you know. I've also got three levels and ranges, so my crossbow work is pretty sweet, honestly. I'm level seven and I have gone down twice so far and one of those was as a level seven. It's been stressful for sure. So it's easy enough if the DM is playing hard but like fair, you know. Um, Michael with Dungeon Master's Handbook is a first time caller. So welcome to Jules from NZ. Welcome to the Glitter Episodes. What you got to say? Hi Jules. This is Michael Shorten with Dungeon Master's Handbook. First time caller to you and first time listening to your podcast. I just took in your episode about uh, character death. Uh, It never changes no matter how long you've been DMing that feeling of, ah, shit. Um, I've killed entire parties. Uh, I've killed henchmen. Uh, I've killed hirelings. I've killed beloved NPCs. Well... I didn't kill them, the dice killed them, but of course, you being the DM and I being the DM, we're kind of the one that are narrating how things are happening. Um, I'm going to have to do this over a series of messages, but I do have a story for you about how I killed one of my wife's beloved henchmen. My wife and I have an ongoing solo game where she's the only player and I'm the DM. Uh, So next message, I'll tell you that story. Hi, Jules. This is uh, part two. So my wife had a hireling called Nodwig. Nodwig was the torchbearer. Nodwig was very scared and very timid, but my wife's character took a shine to him. They were deep in a dungeon, and my wife was very intent on uh, finding the treasure. So Nodwig was behind them holding the torch, except when he wasn't. They had gotten separated, and unfortunately, I rolled, and poor Nodwig went into the middle of a nest of giant rats. And so, my wife's playing on and says, well, I'd like Nodwig to come up with the torch. And I said, well, where's Nodwig? And with a panicked voice, she says, what do you mean, where's Nodwig? Part three coming up. Hey, Jules, this is part three. And sorry for talking loud, I'm on my commute in the morning, so uh, the road noise might be a little loud. So my wife has asked me, where's Nodwig, the torchbearer? With a panicked voice, I might add. And I said, Nodwig's not there. So thus began the search for Nodwig. And, And I'm rolling dice separately to see if Nodwig's going to survive. And unfortunately, the giant rats chewed up Nodwig. To which my uh, princess wife Angie found. She's very upset. She killed all the rats. Uh, she then had to take Nodwig's body back to his wife. Gave her wife a lot of gold, and and it was a very touching, touching time. But 
I felt really bad that Nodwig died. So don't feel bad. It happens and everyone will learn from it. Yes, the dice killed them. That is an important distinction. And thanks for sharing that story of you and your wife's game. It was really awesome. I didn't mean to laugh, but I did pretty hard because I can just imagine the look you received when your wife realized her favorite NPC was gone. <laughs> oh, the look would have been pretty similar to the look I would have given someone, you know. But it sounds like you weaved it into an amazing story, though, which is the goal, always, to continue with the role play. So, good on you. And it's Jason back to chat about my Jules episode about Surred. Hey Jules, Jason here. I hope the road noise isn't too bad. Driving home in the rain. Enjoyed your episode on Surred. Learned a lot. And for your first biography or, you know, telling somebody's life, I thought you did a wonderful job. So thank you for enlightening us. I learned a lot. Talk to you later. Thanks, dude. I'm glad it was enlightening. I actually learned a lot too. He's a really interesting dude. And I'm looking forward to my next like biography now quite a lot. Like it doesn't seem as scary now that I've kind of done one. So thanks. Personal thanks to my gems. Lucas, Scott, Glenn, James and Jason. I could not do this without you. Who knew that doing this would mean podcasting in a bath? I mean, honestly, I can kind of recommend it. Right now I have a, a cup of um lemon honey ginger not very exciting but you know they say you're not supposed to have cold drinks at this time so cup of lemon honey ginger hot drink it is and i have some like black plum like bath bubbles going on i'm just kind of like washing myself and luxuriating in the smell and it's just you know, it's a really good time so yeah, it's what you've allowed me to do right now <laughs> but you didn't know that was coming anyway thanks to collins from all of the people that called in today, let's see if I remember them all. Colin, Jason, John, Andy, Barry, Josh, and first timer Michael. I think that's all of you. Um, it was really great to be thinking about something else for a while, honestly. It was pretty great. Um, if you're enjoying listening to Jules from NZ because you're stuck at home the same as I am, please consider giving this show a review on your platform of choice because it really helps other people find me and it would be nice to know that all of us podcasts are being found by people all over the world that need a bit of cheering up or something interesting to listen to. So that would be great. Uh, you can also find me all over the place. I am on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, I'm on the audio dungeon as well as Jules from NZ and everywhere you can find me you can find me as J-U-L-Z that's Jules and then B-U-R-G-I-S-S-E-R that's Burgesser Jules Burgesser that's my name um, and Nohora Kakiteano and adding to that Kiakaha so goodbye see you later and the last one means stay strong because it's scary out there I know and we need to stay strong and be kind to each other to get through this. Until next time. Bye.